Thank you for listening to the Prairie Oaks Pulpit Podcast. This is a recording of our Sunday morning sermons here at Prairie Oaks Baptist Church in Prairie Grove, Arkansas. Thank you for being a participant in this ministry through this media. And thank you to those who helped make it possible. Now may God bless you and keep you. And let's get to the message. Um, okay, so here's what's going on today. So we spent two weeks ago a Sunday, looking in the gospel, specifically looking at Luke's telling as the Lord initiated the first Lord's Supper. And we saw how he took Passover and he uh, used elements from that, first, that, that Passover in order to, to do the first Lord's Supper with his disciples. And Then last week, we looked at 1 Corinthians, where the Lord then has passed the torch to the apostles, and the apostle, Paul, is actually correcting one of the churches that he's already taught them how to do it, but it's such a mess in Corinth, he has to go back to scratch, basically. And, And so we're blessed that he did that, because now we get to hear how he taught them to do the Lord's Supper. And again, there were lots of details and lots of not details as he did it, but it was that reminder that it is both a communion with the Lord as well as communion with one another. In order that, uh, as we, we finished up, we finished with that question that we're to examine ourselves. Each one is to examine oneself. Am I good in my relationship with God? Am I fit in that regard? Have I been saved? Have I, uh, have I been born again? Because the Lord's Supper is a physical symbol of a spiritual reality that the Lord is my Savior, that I've partaken in His death, burial, and resurrection, looking forward to His coming. And that my fellowship is good with Him as well. And then also, as we see from his teaching to the Corinthians, that the next question is, am I good with those around me, with the one another's? Because in the case of the Corinthians, they weren't good in their relationship, in their fellowship with God, and they weren't good in their fellowship with one another. And so there was a lot of issues there. And God takes his communion very seriously. And so that played a role in it as well. So we saw those things in light of today, we're going to just kind of discuss what we've learned and how it applies to us then. Because again, there's very specific things in some ways, but there's other things. He seems to have just kind of left it up to his people to determine other specifics. In some ways, like the wind and and how often, things like that. Uh, but before I open the floor to that discussion, I want to look at one more important teaching, and it's from the book of Acts. And I, I hope you all got a, a, one of the study notes there, because it'll, it'll help some in our discussion to follow. But it shows you there's two passages in Acts that I want to just spend a few minutes looking at. One is in Acts chapter 2, because it's the outline. And then 
we're going to see that fleshed out in Acts chapter 20. And so um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read Acts chapter 2, those two verses, and then we'll all stand in, in when we do Acts chapter 20. But I want us to be thinking about these, this instruction in Acts chapter 2. So in Acts chapter 2, is, it's the day of Pentecost. Uh, the Holy Spirit has come upon and empowered the, the believers, the followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, a crowd gathers because they're amazed at what they're seeing and hearing. And Peter preaches to the crowd. He has given the invitation, calling people to repent and you see in, in verse 40, it says, he says, so be saved from this perverse generation. And verse 41 says, then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3000 souls were added to them. And verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And so this was the mark of those who had been born again and who had follow the Lord in obedience to his baptism, they were steadfast. They continued on in the apostles' teachings. They were continuing and gathering together in fellowship and that a deep fellowship in the breaking of bread. And we think that this is a technical term for the Lord's Supper. And that they continued steadfastly in prayer, both public and private. So have those four things in mind here. And now we're going to look at Acts chapter 20. Because this is the beginning there in Acts chapter 2. Uh, that 3,000 is like, they started with 120 that day. And now there's 3,120. And there's more thousands that add. And it goes from there. And, they, and it gets scattered. And... By the time you get to Acts chapter 20, the gospel has spread and there are churches on two continents, maybe three, uh, from po possibly even Africa, but especially going up through Judea, Samaria, Syria, what is today Turkey, even over into Greece. There is uh, one in Rome. It has spread tremendously just in a few decades. And the apostle Paul, who went from a persecutor is now uh, a follower of Jesus Christ and, and, a, and, and on this he is a traveling Bible teacher. And so he comes to a little town called Troas. And so if you would, out of respect for God's word, would you stand with me? Acts chapter 20, verses 6 through 14. But we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and in five days joined them at Troas where we stayed seven days. Now, on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together. And in a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep. And as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down, fell on him, embracing him, said, Do not trouble yourselves, for his life is in him. Now when he had come up, 
had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even till daybreak, he departed. And they brought the young man in alive, and they were not a little comforted. When Then we went ahead to the ship and sailed to Assos, there intending to take Paul on board, for so he had given orders, intending himself to go on foot. And when he met us at Assos, we took him on board and came to Middling. So let's pause for prayer. Father, just ask that you guide my words and my thoughts, Lord, as, as we briefly look in your word, Lord, to see just, not just instructions for the Lord's Supper and, and that time we have to commune with you and with one another, but we ask you, Lord, to teach us how to be as believers so that when we examine oneself, that we see you, Lord, because we want you to see yourself in us as you transform us from the inside out. And we thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness and your steadfast mercy and love. Lord, we need you more and more. We ask, Lord, that your spirit to to move in each of us, Lord, that we take the next step spiritually of obedience, O Lord. Be with them in the children's chapel, Lord, and thankful for the blessing that ministry is. We love you and we need you. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. All right. So I've told myself I was going to be brief. And so here we go. So I, I can't pass it up. Do you notice the word we in that? These are not just someone making up stories. He's actually a part of the story. And... We understand uh, by a little bit of reason induction that it's Luke, the same guy that wrote the gospel, is the one who wrote Acts, and he is an eyewitness, and he's going to play a role in his eyewitnessness here in just a minute. But they went to Troas, and if you are a, a history buff or you just like watching movies, Troas was built on the ruins of a very famous city called Troy. The Trojan War was in its front yard, and. Many years later, this little town of Troas um, is an important shipping area. It is a strategic place, and the gospel has taken root there, and there is a group of believers there. We don't know when it started. Paul talked like, or at least Luke talked like, Paul didn't stay very long when he traveled through there the first time, but there's, there's believers there, and Paul this time wants to spend some time with them. And so he stays all week. But it seems like one of the reasons he stayed all week is he wanted to make sure he was there on the first day of the week. He wanted to be there for Sunday services. We don't know what that necessarily looked like. We know that most of the the ancient world did not take the weekend. They worked right through it. And so possibly they did not have a chance to get together until after the sun went down and the work day ended. Then they had time to gather as a group of believers. And when they gathered, we see that they came together to break bread. And again, we're seeing this as a technical term. Sometimes it may be used just for eating a regular meal, but this was important to them. And we believe it was for the Lord's Supper. They came together to, among other things, Partake of the Lord's Supper. It was a big deal to them. So coming together to break bread, plus this one is special because they have a visiting teacher. They have the Apostle Paul who has come to 
speak to them, to preach to them. And the Apostle Paul, he loves to teach and they love the word of God. So it was a good combination. He had a ready audience and he preached until midnight. He was getting at it. But a lot of us, as you read through, even today, you go uh, outside of the U.S. where persecuted church is and, and places where the, uh, the gospel is just beginning to make inroads. Believers there are hungry to know God's word. And so if they have someone to come and teach them, then it is not unusual for them to want to hear the word of God taught all night because they don't know when they'll have another qualified teacher come to teach them. And they'll use the rest of those times that they get together to process and and remind themselves of what they learned that long night. And so that's probably where we get a lot of this uh, idea is that so then they've come and 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 Apostle Paul is preaching and and it's well, it's dark. You need to be able to see. So they start lighting lamps around the room. and, And we're not sure if it was the fumes or the heat or what all was going on. But poor Eutychus, which if you want to translate his name into English, his name is Lucky. I thought that was really kind of funny because um, we know a Lucky, don't we? Uh, and so uh, I don't know if he is Lucky because he's sitting in the window and as it goes on, you know, he's a small young man. You may be thinking, you know, like, you know, my Mason age or something, but probably younger than Mason. This is like an adolescent and he's getting tired. Yeah, I'd admire the boy. He was there. He wanted to hear the word of God. Until he falls out the window because he's fallen asleep. And, and so, oh no, he's fallen out. And so some go down and, and it says literally they lifted up his broken body. He was dead. Now remember, there was a physician there. Luke is an eyewitness. And so the, the boy's dead. Well, Apostle Paul we don't know exactly how it all played out, but he may not have known that the young man fall out, fell out the window or what had transpired. So, so he, now he comes down and he embraces the boy and says, oh, his life is still in him. And so what Luke is implying is that the Lord answered the prayer of the apostle Paul and brought life back to this dead boy because the Lord does answer prayer. And so answers that prayer. Well, now that that interruption is done, let's get back to what we were doing, right? And so they continued their worship service. And that's where we see where, well, that when they had come up, they broke bread. They had the Lord's Supper because they hadn't got even to that part of the service yet. Long-winded preacher. And so they broke bread. And, and, had, and the word there in our, my translation is eaten, but the word in the Greek is they tasted. And if you've ever had communion with us, you know that it's really more of a taste than it is an eat. Because you get just a little tiny bit of grape juice, a little tiny bit of unleavened bread. It's not much. But I think there's an in, in, uh, indication in that. That's what we're talking about. And then they talked a long while. Now, this is interesting to me because it's a different word in the Greek than all the other places. So before he was preaching and reasoning, he was, he was preaching. But this time, it's more of a back and forth. It's a discussion. They just visited. So now, 
I've always thought it would be interesting to hear the Apostle Paul preach. But can you imagine sitting across the table from the Apostle Paul and just visiting with him? Asking questions? Okay, so you said this. What does that look like for me? What about this situation? What do I do here? Man, I would have, I would need all night to ask all my questions. Um, and I, <laughs> sorry, I can't stay on topic. So like this week, I've two or three times, three times this week, uh, sometimes one-on-one, sometimes by, by phone, but had these long conversations back and forth on asking questions. And, and I'm honored that, because like the one last night that went pretty late was uh, a young man. He is smarter than me. He's a pharmacist. Um, but I taught him when he was in, he was a teenager and he still comes to me with his questions and, and, and just talking and it is a blessing. And, uh, and I just, and I was really honored that he, he still does that. Um, but that's, that's what we get this picture of here is these, this church doesn't always get the apostle Paul as I'm no apostle Paul. I would like to sit down with the Apostle Paul. But they got to hear him preach and teach. They broke bread with him and then sat and visited with him until daybreak, till dawn. It's like, okay, so our boat is leaving. We've kind of got to go. And and that's the only thing that broke it up. And uh, and so they, they, they do their goodbyes and... We don't know exactly what's going on, but I, I, I went ahead and threw in verses 13 and 14 uh, because it means something to me uh, for two reasons. One, I actually been to this location and, and the other is because he's doing something that I would want to do. He got off the boat, meaning he never got on the boat and he cut cross country because Troas is on one side of the peninsula. Assos is on the other side of the peninsula. So the boat had to take this long journey around. Well, he cut cross country on foot. And I don't know if he just used the time to teach some more. He may have. Jesus did a lot of teaching while walking down the road. And I doubt that the Apostle Paul missed a chance like that. But at some point, they would have turned around and went back home. And he had some time by himself on foot praying. And this marks a pivot. I think Luke includes this story because it's a pivot point in the story where the Apostle Paul finishes this foot journey to Assos. And after this, he knows he's going to Jerusalem to, and that he is surrendered to dying for the faith. He knows it's going to end badly in Jerusalem. And like Jesus set his face like a flint I'm not running away. I'm going forward with whatever God has for me. And so he needed that time. And so go back to our outline. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They wanted the teaching of the apostle. We see that they continued steadfastly in fellowship because it's one thing to be preached at. Sometimes it's another thing to gather like we do and just have Discussion, isn't it? That's powerful on those Wednesday mornings, those Tuesday mornings, that Thursday night 
Wednesday night, even Sunday nights, this give and take, our Sunday school classes, it's, it's, it's a valuable way. And so steadfastly in doctrine, in the teachings, in fellowship, in breaking of bread, that was even after a boy fell out the window and died, they still made sure they had communion with the Lord and with one another. And you know, there was a lot of praying going on, both public as well as private, as the Apostle Paul walked his way to Assos. And so we see those four things being done in this. And so I say all that to say, okay, so this is, this is where we are as believers. Put it all into context. Lord's Supper is important. It's not the only thing. We all need to be steadfastly in God's word. Daily is my argument. You hear me say that a lot. In prayer, because I, I can pray alone. I can pray with others. And I benefit from both. We benefit from one another. We are a one another body with Christ. My, bo- my human body here is the temple of the Holy Spirit, but together we are the temple of the Holy Spirit.